Uh, this morning we're supposed to be I'm supposed to be talking about spiritual experiences, genuine spiritual experiences. Now I've been a I've been a Christian for about 54 and a half years, and uh, over the years I've learnt some things. <laughs> I like to think I've learnt a bit, at least over 50 years, uh, and I've been able to, by the Spirit of God, to impart some of that to those whom God has led me to. I'd like for us to just to read this verse from 1 Peter 2, a couple of verses. It says, 1 Peter 2 verse 2 says, Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Amen? And so when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we receive Him as our Lord and Savior, we're like newborn babes. We're just newly born again. And like any newborn babe, we've got to learn by our experiences. I just went out into the, uh, the gents there just before and saw a gentleman uh, changing his baby's nappy. And I thought, well, that's just like the Christians at the begin with. We, a lot of the time we spend having our nappies changed, because we keep making a mess that sometimes, don't we? And, uh, well, I did anyway. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I did, certainly. And uh, it's, it never ceases to amaze me, though, that we, how much people get involved in the strangest things as Christians, especially as Christians, how much we get involved in some strange goings-on. And uh, I, I, the first two years that I was, uh, first 20 months or so that I was born again, I was in, came to the Lord in Singapore, and uh, the church I was, the, the pastor's wife led me to the Lord was in an Assemblies of God church. So my f- newborn again experience began in a Pentecostal church, Assemblies of God. And I, that was all I knew. I'd never gone to church before, except for church parades and stuff like that, uh, being in the Air Force, but that was all. And uh, I, that was my experience of being a new Christian, being in an atmosphere where the Spirit of God moved, where people spoke in tongues, where there was prophetic words, where there was tremendous moves of God sometimes. Some of the experiences I had there were really, as a young Christian, remarkable. But it really surprised me that when I came, I got posted back to the UK. Of course, I was moving around different camps and stuff like that, and I went to different churches, the churches that I'd never uh, in my life been to. I went to Baptist churches, I went to Methodist churches, I even ended up in the brethren, Christian brethren. Now, you can't get the opposite end of the scale from the Pentecostal to the Christian brethren. But I'm glad I went to the Christian brethren because it was there I met my wife. So I was really glad about that. And I also was a member of what was known as the Soldiers and Airmen Scripture Readers Association. It was a sort of an outreach into the services, the Soldiers and Airmen and they, I, I met a scripture reader, as they were called, and 
and one of the camps I was uh, detached to in Coningsby in Lincolnshire, and he invited me along to his house, and uh, one thing led to another. I went to do the washing up for them, just to show willing, you know, and that's where I met my wife at the kitchen sink. You know, the old saying, you know, you, you sink into his arms and you're up to your arms in the sink. And uh, that's, that, was, that was really good for me. I, I really enjoyed it. But the thing that really amazed me and, and, and annoyed me and, and generally just got me worked up was just how many people didn't like what I believed. They didn't like the fact that I believed in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't believe, they liked the fact that I spoke with tongues. They didn't like the fact that I believed that Jesus was coming again. All sorts of things that, that people didn't particularly like me for. I could never understand this because I thought, well, this is what the Bible teaches. And the Bible does teach that. And I think that what people, uh, especially, you know, it really, it really began to uh, annoy me, the people, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret. My brother-in-law, uh, my, uh, well, he's my wife's sister's husband, brother-in-law, he was a, a, a preacher. He was a, a, a congregational minister. And uh, when he found out that I was going out with Jenny, my wife-to-be, he didn't want to. He said, he's a Pentecostal. You don't want Jenny to go out with him. I, I, I didn't know this till afterwards, you know. And the chap whose house I met, Jenny, John Austin, a guy called John Austin, great man of God. But he didn't believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues either. And although we were great mates and I went to conferences with him and we used to go together around the billets at RAF Swindeby, the training station, and I would go into, with him into the billets where the lads with recruits were there and we'd talk to them about the Lord. And uh, we had a great time with him, but he, he wasn't happy with the fact that I spoke with tongues and was filled with the Holy Spirit. But it really does get me, uh, used to get me upset when I realized just how much non-Christians were involved, what they were involved in, as, as well as Christians. People are fond, people were get. I knew that people were getting into witchcraft. You'd be amazed at how many people are into witchcraft and how, many, how much of that has been worked out through Harry Potter and all the rest of it. <coughs> Do you know what a muggle is? You know what a muggle is? You're a muggle. If you're not a wizard or a witch, you're a muggle. I don't know why. If it makes me a muggle, hallelujah for, for muggleship. All right? But I want to say to you, there's no such thing as black magic and white magic. It's all magic and it's all demonic. I want to say that straight up front. That's exactly what it is. People seeking to contact the dead. Spiritualism is rife today. You wouldn't believe just how many people are into that kind of thing. 
I remember when, uh, as, a, as a young Christian, uh, I was reading the, the, uh, the book of Isaiah, and the first Bible I ever bought was a, a Jimmy version, a King James version, right? And I was reading Isaiah, and I came to Isaiah uh, 819, Isaiah 819, and it says in the Jimmy version, he says, the people are telling you to go to seek out wizards that peep and mutter. I thought that was ever so funny. You know, and my friend Dick, who I told, told it to, look, look, says that we should you know, seek out wizards that peep and mutter. And so every time we met one another, we'd go mutter, mutter, peep. Mutter, mutter, peep. We were absolutely stupid, but that's what we did, you know, because young Christians and not a, lot of, not a lot of sense. But, you know, if you read that verse in something like the message, right? You read it in the message, and the message puts it this way. When people tell you, try out the fortune tellers, consult the spiritualists, why not tap into the spirit world, get in touch with the dead, tell them, no, we're going to study the Scriptures. Right? So when you're told, go consult a spiritist or a medium or a fortune teller, go and have your tarot card read. And I know how that happened, but go and have it read your tarot cards for you. When you're told to do that, you say, no, no, I'm going to read the Scriptures because the Scriptures will tell me whether these things are right or wrong. And these scriptures, the Scripture will teach, will teach you that these things are very definitely not of God. And that we need to follow the Word of God when, whatever we get into. Whenever we experience a new experience, we must ask ourselves, what does God's Word say about this? What does God's Holy Spirit say about this? Because of the Word of God is against it, and the Holy Spirit is not in it. It's not of God. And so, therefore, we should not have anything to do with it. It's interesting, it says, the people who try the other ways get nowhere, a dead end. And that's what these things are. They're a dead end. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. You see, with anything that's in Jesus, anything that's according to the Word of God, is life. It's not a dead end, like all these other things. But very much, we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. People who try the other ways find that they are dead ends. Whatever you're tempted to try or get involved in, we must ask ourselves, what does God and God's Word say about this? And when we find out what God's Word says about it, that's the full stop as far as God is concerned. As Christians, we must always be careful what we believe. It's interesting that the early Christians, uh, if you read the book of Acts and you read the, the uh, the, the other letters of Paul, Paul was very much into telling uh, the Christ, early Christians not to be involved with Judaizers. You see, the people were coming uh, to Christ, 
And the Judaizers would come and say, oh, but you must be circumcised. Oh, you must uh, do, offer sacrifices. Oh, you must get involved. You must obey the law. And Paul was saying, no, 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 no. When we come to Christ, we are free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That's what we are. Brothers and sisters, if we're nothing else this morning, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we are free. We do not have to do anything. But the things that we do, do because we do, because we love the Lord Jesus and we love His Word. That's why we do it, because of love for Him and love for His Word. Uh, when I came back home from abroad, people too, people also used to, um, they never used to like my freedom in God. I, I remember I was preaching at the, at the Christian Brethren one night. Now, if you don't know the Christian Brethren, they're a very evangelical, straight up and down, don't believe in tongues, don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they're very good Bible teachers. They just get, get a bit skew-whiff on some things, you know. But they, bless the Lord, they, they, they knew I was a Pentecost, but they let me preach on, at the gospel service at six o'clock on a Sunday evening. And I remember one night I was preaching at the, the Prospect Hall, was the Brethren Hall that Jenny and I went to. And I was preaching, and I want to say to you, I got an anointing, you know, those of you who are preachers will know what I mean. You get a real, whoo, whoo, and you really go for it. And I was bouncing up and down the platform. I was banging on and on. I was banging on. I went, whoa, whoa. And I really got an anointing, and I really let it rip. And uh, it, was a good, it was a good message, I must admit. You know, I enjoyed it myself. And, uh, but afterwards, uh, the head elder, the chief, of the oversight came up to me, and he, nice man, lovely man, lovely Christian, you know. He came up to me, and he was very straight-faced. He said, um, you got a bit of freedom tonight, didn't you, brother? I said, well, yes, brother. Brother Nelson, I, I did get a bit of freedom. They realized that something was going on. They didn't believe it. They didn't want it but they knew there was something different about what was being preached. And not only what was being preached, but how it was being preached in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's what we need to hear. Uh, uh, words that are preached in the power and the uh, anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might not be getting that this afternoon from me, because, I mean, I'm getting a bit old now, a bit, a bit, a bit uh, you know, but never mind. I remember one night I was, uh, I, I said I was a member of SASRA. I got posted to RAF Bryce Norton. And uh, at Bryce Norton, I started going to a Baptist church and I'd been there a couple of weeks. And uh, I was invited by one of the ladies in the Baptist church to a SASRA meeting in her home. And I said, oh, I love great, well, fine, that's, I'll go along. So I went along to this prayer meeting uh, in, the, in her home, Barbara, 
And uh, we sat and we had our, had our prayer meeting and usual sort of thing, you know, prayer meeting. Anyway, we're sitting afterwards and I'm having a cup of tea. And I didn't know anybody in the meeting, really. Most of them were people I, I, I know you've I know been around the area a few weeks. I was having a cup of tea and earwigging a conversation, these two guys beside me. And this one of these guys was talking to the other, and he said, oh, it's chatter, 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 chatter. And this tongues, you know, this tongues is of the devil. This tongues is of the devil. I thought, oh, dear, not again. But anyway, I thought, no, I can't let this go. I just can't ignore this. This is not right. So I just very gently just said, hello, brother, how are you? Uh, I, I, my name's Len, how are you? How are you? Um, I, I just want to say, I, I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. I know Him and I love Him. And I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Jesus has saved me. And I, I want to say to you, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I speak with tongues. Brother, where does that put me? And he looked at me. And he didn't say another word. He just turned away. And when we went to leave that, in a few minutes after that, we went to leave, I went up to him and I held my hand out to him. And I said, brother, I hope we can agree to differ in love in the Lord Jesus. He looked at me. He wouldn't shake my hand. He turned around with a word and he walked out. I want to say to you, You'll be rejected for what you believe. You'll be ignored for what you believe. If what you believe is according to the Word of God. But I want to say to you very simply and very clearly, stand your ground. Stand on the Word of God, what God has taught you. If God has revealed to you uh, in His Word what His truth is, hold it firm and hold it precious because the Word of God is precious. And when God reveals something to us, it's precious. And then maybe you haven't been a Christian very long and you're still drinking milk, but you know, Paul talks about we go on from drinking milk to eating meat. We get to know God more. We get to know Jesus more. We get to know the Word of God more. And <coughs> <coughs> Pardon me. And we, the more we get to know it, it's, we begin to get hold of the Word and we begin to dissect it and we begin to take it into us and it becomes like meat to us. I went out for a birthday uh, meal yesterday, lunchtime. Uh, I was 75 yesterday, just to let you know that I'm not a youngster anymore. And I, I took my wife and a sister out for a meal and and I had a, a, a large um, mixed grill, right? Because I, I, you can tell I'm not a vegan. Uh, but I had a large mixed grill. It was huge. I've never seen anything like it in my life. 
But I I thought, I'm going to eat this. And I I worked my way through it. And I got through it to the end. Steak, lamb, sausages, you name it. Gammon steak. I scoffed a lot. It was great. But I knew at the end of that meal that I was full. That I was full. I knew I had eaten a meal. And I want to say to you, when you get into the Word of God, and God begins to reveal things to you, and you know that you've been eating strong meats, of the strong meat of the Word, and you're beginning to know what God is saying, whether it be the Old Testament in you, or whether it be the, the pastoral epistles, or the Gospels, or whatever it might be, when you take the Word of God into you, and you know it's it's enriching your soul, and it's given you a revelation. Oh, hallelujah for the revelation of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Amen? And when we do that, we know we are being fed on good stuff by the Holy Spirit. Now, I just want to say to you that I, I don't know whether any of you are into some of the things I've mentioned this morning. Well, you've been into spiritism or contacting the dead or Ouija boards or anything at all like that. If you have, you need to be set free from it. Okay? You need to be set free from that because it's not of God. It's not of the Word of God. It's against it. And we know that the Holy Spirit, we prayed for a few people a couple of weeks ago for, for the demonic, to set people free from spiritual bondage. If you find that in your life you've had experienced some of that and it has caused a, a spiritual bondage in you, you need to be set free. And you can be set free. That's the delight of it. It's a piece of cake. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We can be set free from anything in our lives past because Jesus has set us free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. I just pray that God would cause us to understand this afternoon how much we need the Word of God. As I prayed it right at the beginning, the Word says, His Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. If we want to know where we're going, we need the Word of God. If we want to have illumination and understanding, we need the Word of God. If we want to know God in a new and a living and a special way, we need the Word of God. Because we try and do it any other way. If we try to know God any other way than through His Word and by His Holy Spirit, then we're on to a hiding for nothing. But when we do it by God's Spirit, through God's Word, we find illumination and we find direction and we find that God leads us and guides us and helps us in all that we do as we walk with Him in His kingdom. And as we, we, I just believe that as we come into a new experience in this church over the next months, next years, 
as we enter into a whole new phase of freedom in the Holy Spirit, when the kingdom of God begins to have effect in this area in which we live, when Norwich, when Norfolk begins to be set free. I heard a, a, I read a, a, a prophecy the other day about how this person was prophesying about gates that were being opened in the east of this country. And I believe that's what's going to happen. I believe God is going to open gates in the eastern parts of this nation of ours. And if you don't understand that, you know, East Anglia is the east of this country. Okay? But God is going to open gates. He's going to open doors. He's going to set people free in a whole new way. And I believe as we do that, we'll need more and more of the understanding of God's Word to know that what we're doing is right and where the way we're walking is right and the way that we're walking is clear and according to God's will and according to God's Word. We, in everything we do as children of God in this church, in everything that we do as we seek to follow Him and to serve Him and to live for Him and to set others free in the name of Jesus, we will need to know with clarity and with certainty the Word of God and what it says to us and what it allows us to do and what it stops us from doing. Amen? Amen. I pray that God will really touch our hearts this afternoon. And I just want to say that if you haven't a clue of what I'm talking about this afternoon, maybe you have not come to know Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Maybe you've not given your heart to Christ. Maybe you've not given your life to Him. I want to say to you this afternoon is the time for you to do just that. Because God wants you to be saved. God wants you to become a child of God. God wants you to repent of your sin and know the joy and the thrill of sins forgiven and of a life changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. If that's not you, but you want it to be, then let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are truly a, the living God, that Lord Jesus, you are our Savior, that you are our Lord. And so, Lord Jesus, this afternoon, we come to you, and each and every one of us would open our hearts and our lives to you. Lord, we confess our sin to you and ask you to forgive us our sin, to cleanse us all of all unrighteousness. And that, Father, you would cause those who do not know you as Savior and Lord to enter in to that experience of being a child of God and of knowing sins forgiven and of a life set free in Him. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to You. Commit our way to You for this day and for every day that You lead us in Your kingdom. And we pray, Lord, that You will be glorified, magnified, and that many, many, many people 
will come to Christ through what you have illumined to us through your Word. In Jesus' name, amen.